Warning, this episode will include mentions and discussions of violence, mental illness, death, and suicide. Welcome to the KAR Recap. I'm your host, Kristen Rhoda. I'm an English and music student who loves discovering, reading, and exploring old and new works of literature, television, and film. This podcast is partnered with my Instagram blog, KAR. After two to three weeks of reading the chosen novel, I discuss the plot, the background, the characters, and certain themes and other literary devices that stuck out to me. So if you enjoyed the work or even if you didn't like it all that much, let's just talk. If you haven't read the book, please know that this episode contains spoilers. Remember, I'm just as curious as you are, so there's no right or wrong here, just learning and some healthy discussion. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. In this episode, we will delve into If You Leave Me, a very powerful historical fiction novel and debut novel of Crystal Hannah Kim. Kim is a Korean-American author and a Columbia University Hunter College and Teach for America alum. If You Leave Me was published by HarperCollins in 2018 and has been praised and named Best Book of the Year by several publications, including but not limited to The Washington Post, ALA Booklist, and Cosmopolitan. Her work has also been published in Elle Magazine, Glamour Magazine, and many other publications. She has also written several essays and reviews. Kim has also discussed how her writing is inspired by her grandmother, with whom she was very close, and who told her several stories about her life in Korea. If You Leave Me is based on events of the Korean War. It follows Haimi, a young refugee who was forced to flee to Busan with her family. In this heart-rending story, Haimi struggles to choose between true love and financial stability. Please join me as I explore several different literary devices that Kim uses to tell this story. So before I discuss the story and how it's told, Let's talk about the historical context real quick. So this novel is based on the Korean War. The war began in 1950, which is a year before If You Leave Me begins. On June 25th, the Northern Korean People's Army invaded South Korea by breaching the 38th parallel, which was the line that divided North and South Korea. North Korea's goal was to gain control of South Korea and unify all of Korea under the communist government of the North. Two days later, the Republic of Korea Parliament met in Busan. In October 1950, Seoul was taken by the UN, only for the 38th parallel to be breached again in December 1950. Because of this attack, South Korea had to return to Busan. By 1951, Busan had about 500,000 refugees living there, in addition to the original population of 882,000. So from here, 16-year-old Haimi and her family have been dealing not only with their flight to Busan, but also the death of her father. By day, she cares for her heartbroken mother and Hyun-ki, who is nine years younger than her and suffers a terrible illness with no actual medical attention. At night, she sneaks out to meet with her childhood friend Kyun-hwan, as she has been doing regularly. 
Up to this point, they have been spending time at hideouts and rekindling their friendship. But soon, romantic feelings begin to grow during these secret meetings. Meanwhile, Kyun Hwan's rich cousin Jisoo is determined to marry Haimi and start a family with her before they both enlist. Haimi chooses to marry him in order to gain financial stability and medicine for Hyun Ki. But without her husband, or Kyun Hwan around, Haimi is dissatisfied with her life as a housewife, so she works as a nursing assistant and helps wounded soldiers. The Korean War ends after an armistice in 1953. After the war, Haimi and Jisoo settle in her original home, and they have children. From this point until the end of the novel, Jisoo's and Haimi's relationship worsens. Jisoo begins to sleep with other women, and Haimi and Kyun Hwan, reuniting after 12 years apart, realize that their romantic feelings for each other never went away. This causes even more conflict between Haimi and Jisoo. Haimi and Kyun Hwan begin to think of running away together, but when this doesn't happen, Haimi's mental health deteriorates. In 1967, Haimi commits suicide. Kyun Hwan returns for her funeral, only for there to be even more heated tension with him, Jisoo, and his four daughters. Now that we've gotten through the historical background and the story, I'm going to talk about how Crystal Hannah Kim tells it. I won't have time to get through everything, so I'm just going to discuss what stuck out to me personally. Point of view. Rather than telling the story through one person's point of view, the story is told by mostly all of the main characters, including Jaime's oldest daughter, Soli. Now, along with other people, I'm personally not always a fan of shifts in point of view. In my opinion, shifts are used in too many novels I can do without them. But I think that the shifts were not only very well done in this novel, but vital to the story in a way that I did not expect at all. I enjoyed the shifts in point of view because they expose a lot of Jisoo's character. Now, Jisoo is a piece of work. But the thing about him is that we don't officially meet him until the second chapter, which is told from his point of view. As a matter of fact, we don't even know he exists until Kyun Hwan confronts Haimi about it while they're hanging out in the beginning. The first time his name comes up is when they're talking and Kyun Hwan randomly goes, Oh, by the way, my cousin told me you're dating him. What's that all about? And Haimi just goes, Huh? <laughs> so within 15 pages of the novel, we're already introduced to some juicy stuff and we're wondering who the devil this Jisoo even is. So the point of view shifts, we finally meet him and literally the first thing he does is brag about how he got kicked out of class for making fun of his handicapped teacher. And then he talks about himself and then he makes fun of Kyun Hwan for caring about school. And then he talks about himself some more. He's one of those dudes. We let him speak for five seconds and I already wish that he just shut up. <laughs> but I enjoyed that dynamic. It showed a great contrast between Haimi's quick-witted yet kind and motherly personality and Jisoo's self-importance. What I most enjoyed about this is how he talks about his plans to marry Haimi compared to when he has dinner with her and her family. Before the dinner, he's so confident that he's going to impress her, but then at the dinner, he gets too comfortable and blows it. When I first read that, I was in public and I was trying so hard not to burst out laughing. Like, it's funny. <laughs> it's really funny, but this device is ultimately what made me hate Jisoo altogether. Every time it was his turn to talk, he absolved himself of every bad thing he did to Hayami. Throughout the novel, he verbally and physically abused her. He hit her when she was pregnant 
And somehow, none of that was ever his fault. There's Lydia Part in a story where he talks about how he hit her when she was pregnant, and his daughters actually saw that. And he was like, that automatically made me a bad man in their eyes. Well, yeah, because you you hit her when she was pregnant. That that That's a bad thing to do. But somehow, that still wasn't his fault. So, yeah, that, yeah, that made me upset. And I mean, there are times when other characters will reveal how horrible Jisoo is to Jaime, but he honestly didn't need any help doing that. Irony. Another thing that I actually love about the point of view shifts in this novel is that they create dramatic irony. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's a type of irony in literature where a character has no idea what's going on, but the audience does. So in the case of Hayami's relationship with Kyun Hwan, they're the only ones that know about it. When Jisoo is going on and on about his plans to woo and marry Hayami, he thinks that they haven't talked since childhood and that there's no other guy in her world to create any sort of competition for him. That is hilarious to me because he's so confident about it, but who's going to tell him? And last but not least, the theme of jealousy. The reason this theme stuck out to me was because of the way it was treated after Jisoo and Hayami settled down. So obviously, Kyun Hwan still loves Hayami after 12 years, so we already know he's been jealous of Jisoo from the beginning. But as I mentioned while breaking down the plot, Jisoo eventually gets bored and starts to sleep with other women. Oh, wow. For the record, let me just say that this does not surprise me in the slightest. It did not surprise me when I was reading it, considering the kind of person Jisoo is. But naturally, as his wife and the only woman he should have been involved with, Jaime is upset. So that jealousy was 100% justified because Jisoo was a cheater. So both Jaime and Kin Hwan were completely justified in their jealousy. But were they justified in their affair? Eh, not so much. See, I'm a very strong believer in the concept that cheating isn't okay, but come on, let's be honest. When Jisoo found out that Jaime and Kin Hwan were in love, he was hot. He was so mad, as if he hadn't been sleeping with multiple women. I mean, cheating is not okay, and that would make any married person upset, but that's what he gets. And the other thing is, Kin Hwan was willing to make peace with Jisoo after Jaime died at least, but Jisoo was still bitter and angry about it for the rest of Jaime's life and after her death. But let's talk about why Jisoo was jealous. Was he angry and jealous because he loved Jaime? Um, no. No. See, when Jisoo was so confident about wooing Jaime, I guess he had the sense that he was in control, completely in control. So Jaime's romance with Kin Hwan was a massive blow to his ego. And again, I can't stand him, but I love how jealousy was displayed differently by different characters in the novel. Well, well, I love the book and I wish I could keep talking and ranting about it. That's all the time I have for this episode. Thank you for listening to me drag Jisoo. <laughs> no, but <laughs> on a serious note, there were obviously spoilers in this episode, but if you still would like to read the novel, I strongly encourage you to. Also, feel free to visit my blog, follow me, and share your thoughts on things I didn't touch on. My handle is at k.a.r.blog on Instagram. If you want to read more of Crystal Hannah Kim's work, visit her website, crystalhannahkim.com, where you can find links to her essays and reviews. Again, I encourage you to follow my blog on Instagram, where I will reveal the next work that I will be reading and discussing. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the KAR Recap. Subscribe to this podcast so that new episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device. Take care and see you next time.